What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to The Window, Canada's sports betting podcast. It's the Sunday special, Circa Million Contest episode. I unveil the five picks against the spread that we're using to chase after the big money. I'll highlight what the most popular picks are for everyone in the Circa Million and my take on those. And then we take a quick look at how lines are moving this weekend and see if there's any value elsewhere in the markets. An NFL Sunday. Put it directly into my veins. It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome to The Window. I'm your host, Matt Russell, and we're going to be doing these sort of abbreviated podcasts every Sunday as we march through the NFL season, talking about the Circa Million and some updated stuff that, you know, has come about since Friday's episode when we kind of do an overview across the board in the NFL, what we like, what we don't like, and that sort of thing. So the first thing that we need to discuss is the Circa Million contest. Talked a lot about it over the summer, about anticipating a potential overlay in the contest would they be able to get to 3000 entrants so that they could cover the 3 million dollar guarantee in this contest and it sure enough they did and it's over 3000 contestants well over a thousand in the last week of signups including myself admittedly and so no overlay which is fine it just means uh that there's no quote-unquote free money available everything is earned as everyone in the contest is in for a thousand dollars and uh and we'll see who the best man is at the end of the day again first year for us in the circa million as we've been in the super contest for the last seven years with two caches along the way so let's talk about the five picks that we're rolling with and sort of how i feel about them now now, I uh, had to put them in on Thursday just based on the quick turnaround for our proxy and just how that system works. Uh, so put them in and we've got Seattle minus two and a half, obviously not ideal from a value standpoint as that line has plummeted down to about a pick em. So never, you know, again, we talk about how, okay, what's, you know, what are our main tenants for a successful bet beyond how the bet is, you know, scored at the end. And it's, you know, number one is, did you get good line value? And in this case, we didn't. And that's on, you know, me, that's on the circumstance. And so it felt like a pretty square type of a pick at the time. And, you know, it sort of does now feel like it's a sharp versus square type game here. And we're on the square side. That being said, for football reasons, I still like Seattle, right? I think what we're going to see here is a new attitude with regards to play calling here uh one of the keys that i'm looking for is how much russell wilson throws on early downs in the first half or really just how much he throws period but particularly on early downs that's a game that i'm going to have on a main screen um as sort of you know the most important one uh for sort of my confidence level. Similarly, we've got Carolina plus three here. Talked about this on Friday. Uh, you know, who died and made the Raiders road favorites? It's sort of my attitude here. And a Carolina team that I think can score. So I think you've got, you know, a team that can score against a pretty bad defense in the Raiders and a 
horrific defense probably with Carolina going against a pretty mediocre offense and so I do think this is going to be a higher scoring game I you know it will be in my totals uh plays my very few totals plays uh later on in the show here but Carolina plus three uh is how we're rolling there uh LA the Chargers minus three at Cincinnati again that one is dipped into the two and a half range so again don't love that and this is the difference kind of between making your plays on Saturday morning versus making your plays on Thursday, you get to sort of see the evolution of these lines. Now, does this mean necessarily that the Chargers or the Seahawks are dead in the water? No, it doesn't mean that at all, nor does it mean that any other line that's moved down towards us, you know, is any better in that case either. So, uh, you know, when you're sort of talking about line moves, right? Like how significant is it? In the case of the Seattle one, it goes from minus two and a half to, you know, pick them. And so obviously you're vulnerable there at, you know, a Seattle one point win and a two point win. And, you know, that's not all that likely necessarily. As far as betting it, I bet it at pick them anyway. So from a betting standpoint, um, I'm sort of, you know, covered from that standpoint. And so for the Chargers, minus three, Obviously, I'd prefer to have minus two and a half in the contest, but I think if I'm right about what happens here with this game and the Chargers defense giving Joe Burrow problems and the Chargers offense being more conservative but also more efficient uh, than you know most people think here, uh, I think that this game probably doesn't end up even landing anywhere near three. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Then we get into the afternoon action. We got Arizona plus six and a half here, which, you know, again, I'd prefer seven. I bet it at seven. Uh, but for me, I just think this game is really close and a game that Arizona can win outright. Unfortunately, again, as you're sort of picking up information, and a lot of this information is really just kind of what the mainstream, you know, square plays start to feel like and in this case again it feels like everybody's on Arizona I literally have not seen anyone take San Francisco so we're definitely treading lightly across the board here as these lines kind of move away and again week one so tricky right like do you want to be fading where the lines are moving and if that's the case then we'll be in decent shape but you know once you sort of open up and start to see a lot of people on these plays and again that's the sit goes for the fifth pick here with the rams plus three right grab that figured that it might go to three and a half with how sort of public dallas is right now and how many people are predicting them to go really far yours truly included and now it's moved down moved down to two and even i think one and a half briefly now i think it probably gets back up to three by later tonight but it's also one of the more popular picks in the contest so again these five selections it's you know they're really popular selections and i hate that and so um don't feel all that comfortable right now uh beyond the fact that it's just week one and who's going to feel comfortable in that situation uh, as it is uh, as for the last cuts um I just couldn't pull the trigger with Jags plus eight and Cleveland plus eight, but I will, you know, readily admit that those two were in the last cuts section uh, of the program. Detroit would have been a last cut if Kenny Galladay was still in, but his injury, of course, affects that, and I'm off that game entirely, uh, which we'll get into a little bit in, in a second here. Uh, and then New England minus six and a half has moved to seven. Again, you know, 
wasn't necessarily all that close to a last cut. Uh, most popular in the contest, the Browns actually are one of the most popular teams at plus eight. The Bills are a popular team at minus six and a half. Uh, the Cardinals and Rams, two picks that we have, you know, as I just mentioned, ended up in the top five most popular at cards plus six and a half, Rams plus three. And then the Titans, minus two and a half, the late night capper on the week on Monday night is the fifth most popular pick at minus two and a half. And then there are two other plays in the contest that have received a lopsided amount, right? Not necessarily the top five most popular, but relative to the other side, the Colts minus eight and the Steelers minus six are two thirds majority or more um, picked over their opponent in the circuit contest, right? So essentially, right, Colts 68% and the Jags 32%, that type of thing. So when you're factoring in, okay, well, look, we have all these, you know, selections by these people who are allegedly pretty sharp at all of this. I would say back up a bit, right? There are a ton of instances where not only do they not go, you know, three and two, the top five best picks, but a lot of times they go 0 and 5. And so over the course of an entire season, these things end up being about 500. So you're not getting an edge by just blindly following the most popular picks on either the Circa Million or the Super Contest. So just tread lightly when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, Steelers minus 6 over the Giants, same sort of deal, right? They're getting better than two-thirds of the selections there as well so that's the story in the contest right week one not anything obviously to update with regards to standings or anything like that uh next up it's everything else that's going on with the board for sunday's action Quick break to tell you about our favorite Las Vegas proxy team, Maddie and Tony, over at footballcontest.com. They make the sign-up process so easy, and having used their service for almost 10 years now through the evolution of the contest scene, they are 100% reliable, true professionals. If you're enjoying this ride we're on with the Circa Million, and you want to try your hand at competing with some of the best NFL cappers in the world next year, go to footballcontest.com or check them out on Twitter at at football contest contest signups will start back up pretty soon after the season so start planning your trip now tell them you came by the window all right let's dig into sunday's board and how things are moving patriots up to seven and in some cases a decently juiced at minus 117 plus seven and a half on the Dolphins side this is no longer a play for me at minus seven uh, and I'd frack in, in fact I'd actually probably lean to Dolphins plus seven and a half here I have used the Patriots in a tease we'll get to the teaser bucket here in a second Browns down to plus seven and a half grabbed it there uh, didn't get the eight that the contest line and where it was earlier on in the week hopefully that doesn't burn us even with the Browns missing some guys in the secondary uh you know I think the you know we're basically thinking that that's not going to make that much of a difference against a Ravens team uh you know to obviously a run first team and so uh, I think here the Browns rejuvenated potentially offense uh it's certainly revamped uh should be able to hang with the Ravens here a little bit but of course 
that sentence alone is a little bit terrifying, sort of a famous last words type of thing. Uh, Jets and Bills holding steady at minus six and a half. Made a cameo appearance yesterday at seven, but I think some sharp money came and grabbed the Jets at plus seven. That's a little scary for me. Uh, again, mentioned it on Friday. We have the Bills in the Circus Survivor. Second most popular pick there uh, in the 300s. The Colts, the most popular pick for Survivor this week. So if you're in a Survivor pool, you can check out uh, on Twitter or I'm sure probably on the Circa webpage the distribution for the you know for the survivor contest and these things you know generally translate to your you know office pool as well from a percentage standpoint right so out of 1300 people if 400 have the colts that's about a quarter's worth of people you can go ahead and assume that a quarter people in your local pool right your office survivor pool whatever will have the colts and same thing with the bills on down as the second choice etc etc uh vegas and carolina uh again sort of hoping that this would pop up to a three and a half um, but i think the idea that this should be anything higher or even really all that close to three is sort of keeping this down where i think sharp money's sort of created a barrier here at three so that sticks at plus three probably not moving much at all uh some juice more actually on the plus three so that's a little bit comforting there falcons talked about it earlier and the seahawks have moved all the way across to sort of a minus one for atlanta again this could be the case where listen money comes in on atlanta late all the time uh, over the course of the last couple of years and it's always been annoying i can't tell you how many times i've had atlanta at a good number then the line moves my way and then they go and they blow it here right so again this game is going to be truly fascinating can't wait to see how this all plays out this one will be one of the more interesting first halves because we have to be watching how they uh, use Russell Wilson and of course it's a Falcons game and and frankly a Seahawks game so you know the second half is going to be insane as well uh, Philly and Washington significant move here from five and a half to six and a half and I'm not completely sure on what that's built on necessarily right no major key injury situations that have popped up here um, for me i'm going to kind of stay away from this unless it pops even up higher and i can get a quick seven at say minus 115 so washington plus seven at minus 115 would definitely be a play there and washington is in the old teaser bucket for me uh chicago and detroit is a game that again once kenny galladay went out i consider him so important that while the point spread only moved a half point came off the key number of three down to two and a half for me that takes me off the lions entirely and you can in fact throw the bears into the teaser bucket bumping them up from two and a half to eight and a half and remember anytime you see that plus two and a half you know that a six point teaser will get you up to eight and a half. And it is probably the most valuable teaser that you can make sort of sight unseen without seeing the teams involved. If you just go two and a half point spread, grab the six points and bump that up to eight and a half because you're getting key numbers of three, six, seven, four is even kind of quasi key. And of course, eight is kind of
kind of quasi key. And so, you know, you would never get be able to get it up to 10 because that means the line itself would be plus four, right? And so this is two and a half is the key number for teasing and getting that up over eight. So that's how I'm playing the bears there. Uh, Colts and Jaguars, I have hopped in at plus eight and a half over at Sports Interaction. Um, they were they're dealing that while most other places are dealing plus seven and a half. And in the case of Pinnacle right now, it's minus 112. Again, these things are on the move. By the time you hear this, you know who knows what could have possibly changed uh, along here. But to me, this is setting up as a sharp versus square type matchup here. And in this case, we, you know, because I haven't committed to anything, uh, I'm going to commit to the Jags here at, uh, at plus eight and a half over at Sports Interaction. Uh, Packers and Vikings, and I pretty much called this one along the way. Uh, once this thing went th through three, we were headed down towards Pickham. Right now, minus one and a half is where it's at at uh, Pinnacle. Uh, and again, this is one that while it was at two and a half, needed to be teased up through the key numbers to eight and a half. And that's why we do the podcast on Friday to give you this level of heads up. And of course, as the season goes forward, we're going to be doing the same thing. So you're going to know this type of stuff on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, you know, whether you make that bet on Monday and Tuesday, that's not necessarily going to be um, a good idea in this sort of COVID uh, atmosphere that we're dealing with here with games potentially not even being able to be played. Uh, but that being said, uh, at least we're going to be on top of this going forward. Chargers and Bengals, again, Bengals getting a little bit of action here at plus three. Hasn't moved off the three, but it's pretty heavily juiced to the plus three with Cincinnati, which means we are able to get some two and a halfs with the Chargers at a little bit heavier juice, a minus 112, minus 114, like that type of thing. So anything basically minus 115 or better, minus two and a half for the Chargers is a play I'd make, and I have, frankly. Uh, Cardinals plus seven. This thing is sort of bopped around a little bit over the course of the week, right? I mean, obviously over the course of the last few months, going from eight to seven and a half to seven, down to six and a half where we were forced to, you know, commit to that in the contest um, and has sort of bopped back up to seven with heavy juice on the plus seven. But if you can grab that at minus, again, 115 or better, these are the only circumstances in which I would pay minus 115 or getting a number to seven, getting a number to three to protect ourselves on common pushes like that, right? So for contest standpoint, right, it's a little bit less risky, um, you know, because you, you're just really going from a half point to, you know, zero points. In this case, we're talking money here. And so if you can get that number for just a couple extra bucks per unit so that you can be, uh, you know, you could have that push sort of in your back pocket if that's what happens. So uh, then finally in the late action here, Tampa Bay and New Orleans does not seem like we're going to get New Orleans minus the three here because, uh, you know, I, I thought we might, especially if Mike Evans is ruled in as of this recording. That hasn't been uh, you know, decided just yet. Um, Cowboys and Rams, again, talked about it earlier, how that's gone from three, thought it could even go up to three and a half by kickoff, but in fact, Sharp Money's come in and hit the Rams here, dropping it down to one and a half at one point. It's now up to two, two and a half, so we may get back to that three number. Uh, and then, you know, as far as the Monday games and stuff are concerned, we can attack those later because there's not going to be a ton of movement Sunday morning on Monday night game. So those hold steady at six for Pittsburgh and three for Tennessee. Um, as for other plays, uh, 
we've got the bucket going here. We've got the money line parlay. We got props and totals. For me, just three totals in play. I've got Vegas and Carolina. I talked about how I think that one's a shootout over 47 and a half. Uh, I think Seattle and Atlanta is going to be a shootout over 49 and a half. And I'm waiting to try to get a better, a little bit better number on Tampa Bay and New Orleans under. Talked about how I liked them at under 49. Uh, earlier this week and of course that has moved down to 47 and a half before I could jump on it because the betting percentages talked about sports insights app that I use uh, over on Sheldon Alexander's podcast on blast check that out by the way hanging out with him every Thursday the rest of this season and you know I was hoping to get a better number because it was at 49 and the you know, the betting tickets were 80% to the over on Tampa and New Orleans. And so I figured oh, I'd probably get 49 and a half. Who knows? Might steam up to 50, something along those lines. Instead, it's actually gone the other way, which tells you that the 20% of the tickets are the big money moving this total down. So I don't know that I'm necessarily going to see a better number than that. Ideally, I mean, ideally 49, but I would take 48 in this. But again, late kickoff so I don't have to worry about that until a little bit later uh, as for the Moneyline Parlay Cleveland Carolina Washington Arizona and the Giants round robin those things by threes right so five teams by three that's 10 different bets and then grab all of them together just in case for one more and essentially you're betting one-tenth of a unit on each one so that all of them equal up to be one unit so if you are a person who bets $22 a game to win 20 you're going to want to do this for $2 a piece so that it equals up to your spending out $22 so if only two or fewer of these underdogs win outright you lose the unit no big deal but if you hit three of these or four of these hit or Dear Lord, if all five of them somehow hit, then you're raking in the cash. Sort of a fun little thing that if, you know, once a season, twice a season, you know, we get really lucky with regards to underdogs here that we like to cover, right? It's sort of this juice it up bonus type of a thing. As for the tease bucket, uh, you know, talked about all the candidates, uh, you know, on Friday, Chicago plus eight and a half is new into the mix. I've got them there. That's my only bet for that game. Uh, from a cider total standpoint, New England minus 0.05, so excuse me, 0 0.5. Uh, grab that at six and a half. Minus one is good as well. Washington plus 11 and a half. That's where I grabbed it. Didn't see the move up to six and a half coming necessarily, but 12, bit of a dead number there. So not worried necessarily that it's going to land on 12, famous last words, uh, but you can tease that now to 12 and a half. Uh, Green Bay plus eight and a half. Again, talked about that as a you know, key element to the tease, plus eight and a half for Green Bay. And then the Rams dropping, strangely enough, dropping down to two, two and a half has now made them eligible for the tease bucket. So they're going in at plus eight and a half as well. And so um, last cuts in the sort of tease bucket were Cleveland and Jacksonville that, you know, Pinnacle is offering up at plus 15 and a half for both probably should find a way to use those because those numbers are so significant and we are watching those uh 
you know, traditional point spreads moving back downwards. So if they're still available at plus 15 and a half, you could even throw those together as sort of the super stinky bad team type of a parlay, you know, tease parlay type of a thing. So that's the story with regards to the tease bucket. Um, you know, injuries. <sighs> I don't know if, I mean, people always say, I don't know if I can ever remember how, you know, when the last time this happened. I don't remember a week one where there were so many injuries, Miles Sanders, Galladay, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, for me, you know, you know what the, all the injuries are. We talk about them in the line moves. To me, the most significant one is Kenny Galladay. The Miles Sanders one for the Eagles, obviously not affecting, you know, people's betting here because that line has moved up. So kind of in the opposite way that you would think based on a, you know, top quote unquote fantasy football player, right? Or, you know, a guy who went really expensively in my auction, probably really high in your draft being out and you see what that does to the line, right? And if nothing else, that's informative about sort of showing how irrelevant some of these guys are who we draft really high in fantasy football, how irrelevant they are when it comes to the actual point spread to these games. Uh, finally, kind of went through all of the games and do about sort of one prop per game. And I'll kind of run through those right now for you. First one up, Seattle and Atlanta. I went Calvin Ridley over 62 and a half. I think this is a breakout season for him. And I think this is a sort of buy low before this, this breakout happens for him where his number will soon be higher into the 70s or the 80s. And a game that, of course, I think is going to be a shootout. Um, you know, let's try and take advantage of a low number to start the season with him. Uh, Jets and Bills, some of these props tend to be a little bit random and a little bit obscure because the more popular players, the tighter the lines they're going to be. Chris Herndon, not a guy who's a household name here. Uh, I've got him over three and a half receptions from Darnold at plus 120. He's a guy who has had injury issues over his career and hasn't been able to kind of show what he's capable of he's healthy here today at least the last i've heard is that he's healthy and if he's not this bet will be refunded anyway unless he actually does get on the field uh and so for reception here i think is very doable for him uh in this game uh going along with the tight ends right also i feel like there's always a lot of tight end value in the prop market because people just kind of assume, oh, tight ends only get three or four catches. They're not going to get many yards, especially down the field, all of that kind of thing. So for the Bears and the Lions here, TJ Hawkinson over 40 and a half yards works for me here. When he was healthy, he was a prime target of Stafford's. Galladay out of the lineup means that he could you know, be used as sort of a, not necessarily a deep, deep down the field option, but a sort of intermediate down the field option. If he can make a catch for 20 yards or so and add a couple other ones as sort of a safety valve, I think he can get over the 40 and a half relatively easily. And then secondarily, I've got Mitch Trubisky, not in the passing category, in the rushing category, over 12 and a half rush yards, right? That's what was missing from this Bears offense last season. And in part, they didn't want to get Trubisky hurt because they didn't have much in the way of legitimate backups, right? And so when they sign Nick Foles, you know, a lot of people go, oh, they're signing him to take over for Trubisky. And I'm not necessarily saying that's not correct. I'm just saying that having a second quarterback so that they can use Trubisky's legs the way they did two seasons ago is, you know, is part of that plan, right? So to start Trubisky here in, you know, obviously a divisional game, 
knowing that they have foals in that background that know they can run more plays for Trubisky. And that's when he is most successful. That's when that offense is most efficient. And at just 12 and a half rush yards here, we really just need two scampers for old Mitch to cover that number. So a couple of bit of obscure ones in that game. And that won't be the last obscure one that we see going forward. Uh, Green Bay and Minnesota, not as obscure. Aaron Jones over three and a half receptions is plus 112. Don't really understand considering how often they use him uh, in, you know, passing plays out of the backfield, right? And I know they used them a, a lot more when Devontae Adams was out last season, but still at three and a half over the course of the offseason, they should have seen how well he does when he gets the ball, uh, you know, through the air. Uh, also in that game, Ode BC Johnson over 26 and a half yards. He beats out their first round pick, Justin Jefferson. And I'm talking, of course, the Vikings. And, you know, so if he's going to be getting starting reps here in, on a team that the coverage should roll towards Thielen, you know, if he won the job, they trust him, right? They trust him more than they do their top pick. And so at 26 and a half yards here, we're really only talking about a couple of decent downfield catches for him to clear this over. And if he's getting 75% of the offensive snaps, you know, type starter type snaps, um, I think that's kind of a steal there for a guy who a lot of people, um, you know, don't know much about and frankly would prefer to see the rookie out of LSU in there instead. Nothing for the Miami and New England game. Um, Best I could kind of come up with was a Ryan Fitzpatrick over on his yards because I think he will be hucking it around as he normally does. That being said, the number isn't all that attractive to me relative to anything else. And then sort of a sneaky one that, again, I'm not quite playing, so you know both of these are actually going to hit, is Bird for the Patriots, right? They go and they wave Mohamed Sanu, and presumably because they think Bird is pretty good, and at over 31 and a half yards, uh, to me, that's a pretty low number for a guy who might start. Problem is, I just don't know what to expect here from this Patriots offense, right? I know it's going to be probably pretty good, but it also might be literally like 50 carries from, you know, five different guys type of good. And they may just not throw the ball all of that much. I just don't know. I just don't know what to expect. So uh, it's pretty much a steer clear from that from that game in its entirety, with the exception of the Patriots being in the teaser bucket as basically straight up winners. Um, as for Philly and Washington here, this one I feel pretty strongly about, and it's a thanks to Warren Sharp over at Sharp Football Analysis and his book detailing what went wrong for Dwayne Haskins last year and how he was put into a position to fail rather than to succeed. And I think this year with offensive coordinator Scott Turner in the mix here, we're going to see a different quarterback uh, in Washington. And so over 220 and a half is a play for me with Haskins. Uh, and then elsewhere, you know, I lean to an over four and a half with Terry McLaurin, but that's juiced up pretty heavily. So I'm going to pass there and then find some way to be involved in the, you know, Gibson sweepstakes or the Gibson action today, because I think, you know, we're looking at a guy who from an offensive standpoint is fitting into a role that Christian McCaffrey was in last season, right? In Scott Turner, the Turner offense in that offense, 
McCaffrey, obviously an incredibly talented player, right? But a lot of it was usage, right? Carrying the ball, catching the ball on screens, out of the backfield, wheel routes, all of that kind of thing. And if Gibson is at least given that opportunity, I'm not saying he's going to put up the same numbers, of course, as McCaffrey, but if he's given that opportunity to succeed, right? A lot of this stuff is based on opportunity. Didn't find anything for Jalen Rieger, uh, but that's just probably for the best here as he's been banged up, but does look like he's going to play and probably a pretty significant role with Alshon Jeffrey being out. Um, and of course, you know, up until he got, you know, banged up a little bit on the shoulder injury, he was somebody who they really, really liked in camp. So let's uh, pick up the pace here. DJ Moore over five and a half receptions here, expecting a big season out of DJ Moore, a guy who I think should probably be in that seven reception per game type of a range going forward. And again, I think that's a shootout uh, in Carolina. And so a high quality player like Moore, um, good enough for me to go over five and a half receptions there. Jacksonville, a little bit more obscure. Chris Thompson, over 24 and a half uh, receiving yards out of the backfield, right? A One of these pass-catching running backs from his days in Washington. Uh, and if he can stay healthy, right, he's a guy you want to use a lot. Problem is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He is, for all intents and purposes, healthy today. And so over 24 and a half, I think, is good there. Uh, in Cleveland and Baltimore, uh, Marquise Brown, long pass over 21 and a half. Uh, John Harbaugh talked about wanting to take more shots down the field, and that's with an eye on Marquise Brown. And for me, over 21 and a half should be a reception that they're able to complete at some point in this one. I'll take my chances, given the fact that they're, you know, they've made a point of saying that they're going to try to do this more often. Uh, Chargers and the Bengals here, another kind of obscure one. Joe Burrow over 14 and a half rushing yards rushing yards right a guy who doesn't get credit for um, his elusiveness his scrambling and his in general just speed and running ability uh, I think he gets loose for a couple of decent chunks of yards he's going to be under siege with this Chargers pressure on their defensive line up front so there could be some scrambling situations and unlike college of course sack yardage doesn't count against your rushing yardage so the fact that Burrow had you know at or around 500 yards rushing last season, despite the fact that he's getting docked for sack yardage. Talked about that in the preview uh, in the AFC North. And so running with that one, think that should be a few yards higher at the very least. Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Uh, again, off the board, another tight end type of thing here. Jared Cook, over three and a half receptions here. Uh, again, didn't have a full season necessarily with the Saints last year due to injuries, especially Drew Brees. Um, but now that they have had some more time here, he was coming on towards the end of the season. Uh, and three and a half plus 120, um, I think is a pretty decent number. Now that they've got to worry about two guys on the outside, you know, in any team dealing with the Saints, you got to worry about two guys on the outside. That should free up Cook to be a little bit more, uh, you know, open a little bit more often. Uh, and then Arizona-San Francisco, the final game of the afternoon here. Um, for a guy who is relatively high in the MVP odds race, 229 and a half for passing yards for Kyler Murray. Seems a little low in a game that should be pretty competitive, that they may have to throw a fair amount. Obviously, I've talked about how they're sort of a more efficient run team than people give them credit for. But in this case, 
Kyler Murray over 229 and a half, I think, is a pretty good bet. Um, as far as the night game's concerned, I'll tweet out anything that I come up with there. But obviously, we've got our hands full this afternoon with all of the action going on in this one. One other strategy that I wanted to mention really quickly here is the idea of second half overs, right? We saw it in the first game. Uh, 24 points and just barely 24 points in the first half, 30 in the second half to get to that full game total. I think with this restart, with the lack of preparation here potentially, it's going to result in poor defense in the second half, right? Defense is wearing down, unable to tackle. So as sort of a general concept today, I'm going to be betting every second half over, right? Doesn't matter if there was a high scoring first half or a low scoring first half. I'm betting every second half over, I'll track it and we'll sort of see how that ends up working out. So if you want to play along with me, it's going to take some effort because you have to be aware every time a game goes to half, you gotta go and probably get the number almost right away because I think I'm not the only one thinking this. And it's, you know, the sharp money is gonna move these numbers up a little bit as these numbers open up so you know set an, an alert for games to go to half um, via the action network has this function um, and you know if you want to stay on top of it that's the case if you want to give it a week I'll report back with the information on what actually happens here that's the word on this Sunday morning. Best of luck out there today. Stay disciplined and let's make some money. Please pass the podcast on to other NFL fans and betters back on Monday to break it all down. Till then, I'll see you at the window.